Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, this week, I was able to interview Bill Troy, and Bill is an interesting guy. Uh, I think that you'll find if you listen to this show from his perspective, it will spark many conversations and uh, maybe even some um, heated discussions because Bill has a different perspective on things than most people. Bill is an Inc. 500 CEO, the co-founder of Civilis Consulting, and the author of the book, ClickSand, How Online Marketing Will Destroy Your Business and the Unlikely Secret to Saving It. Bill is a sought-after speaker on alternative perspectives, having helped global brands like Sony, Disney, and Nestle find new market opportunities for over 25 years. Bill is involved in many different things, um, things like uh, being the CEO and co-founder of a new organization called the Polaris Institute Personal Performance Organization. And he's even involved in a music publishing in initiative in Nashville. He is many, many, he, he wears many, many hats. But today we're going to focus in on ClickSand and marketing and his perspective on it. So I hope you enjoy the show. ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and my special guest this week is Bill Troy. Welcome to the show, Bill. So That's glad to be here. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So I've had the privilege and pleasure of interviewing Bill's co-founder in his company and wife, Kim, uh, on my podcast just recently. And I, I hadn't met Bill before, and, and I started looking into what he was all about and decided that I needed to talk to him too. <laughs> and uh, he kindly offered or agreed to come on the podcast because Bill wrote a book called Click Sand. First of all, I love the name. Second of all, the, the add-on to that is Click Sand, how online marketing will destroy your business. And the unlikely secret to saving it, is that part of the... Yes, Yes. Yeah, right. The publisher said you can't just leave it with a like a negative like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And yeah. um, and so just the first thing that I want to say to you is contrarian. People say yes. you're a contrarian. So talk to me about that because I, I think I'm a bit on your side with this. <laughs> so do share, please. Right. Well, contrarian is just challenging the status quo. You know, uh, it probably started when I was a kid, probably started, you know, in school, every teacher, got, wait a minute, where'd you get that, right? I need, I need to prove that. So um, I've just kind of taken it on as a persona. And uh, I just, I just feel like so many people just go along with what everybody says. It's like, I don't know about that. Yeah. And so you were that kid that always said, why? Oh, yeah. Yes. I know there used to be a kid in my math class back in elementary school. And every time the math teacher said something, she had her hand up, but sir, but sir. And I still remember this to this day because that's exactly what she was doing. She was um, 
challenging everything that he said. And we were in elementary school. So God knows what she ended up being, but be kind right. of interesting to know. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was not the polite one to raise my hands. I was just <laughs> in the back of the room making smart out comments. So <laughs> same family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what I, what I, uh, tell me about ClickSand and, and, you know, sure. what, what started that book and, and I know a little bit, but I want my audience to hear. So the book really started from an interaction we had with an elderly couple who came to Civilis for marketing help. They had a business, it was an online business, and they were spending lots of money on online ads, and they were making sales. And they came to us and said, we really need your help to to make it work, to make more money, to make more sales. And we analyzed the business. We realized they were losing money on every sale. They were spending more to get each sale with the online ads than they were making in profit. And they didn't really understand that. They were naive. They'd been sold a franchise business that was supposed to be turnkey. It was supposed to be their retirement. They'd put everything into it. And they couldn't explain to them that this is a trap. This is a negative thing. You, 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 there's no way out of this. You've been sold a bill of goods. And it was just really heartbreaking for us to see people sort of fall for a sales pitch like that and believe it with all their heart, to need to believe with all their heart. It's like, okay, enough of this. I, I'm going to... You know, I wasn't planning to write a book, but it's like, I'm going to write a book and tell people about this because there are things about technology is great, but there are things about it, especially the way it's sold and used that is very destructive. And a lot of people don't realize that. And a lot of business owners fall for it and end up hurting themselves without realizing it. So that's what ClickSand is is out there to stop. Yes, it's so true. You say, um, I know you, I've heard you say that um, you can't, when you can't trust online marketing, because even the online marketers sell face-to-face, right? Yeah. And people don't think about that. Yeah, I, you've never bought online marketing with online marketing, right? You know, I, I had an interaction one time with a guy, and I've told this anecdote before, that with a VP of sales for an online marketing company, it was a local company selling businesses, getting local businesses on the internet. I said, well, how are you getting clients? Well, we have 80 sales reps calling on every business in town. Like, do you hear this? Yes, what an oxygen. You what you're even saying. He didn't even understand what he was saying. It was, he was so oblivious thinking he was helping all these clients. Like, wait a minute. So online marketers don't use online marketing. And it, here's, the, here's the funny thing. And it's not just a local agency like that. If you do go on and you buy, you buy AdWords or you buy whatever, these days the big thing is recruiting. So you, you sign up for Indeed and put your credit card in and start getting an account. Guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a phone call from a helpful consultant at those companies. You know what that consultant's job is? To sell you more, to get you Absolutely. to buy more clicks, more clicks. They're not there to help you fill the position or make sales. They're there to sell clicks. And it's yeah. going to seem very nice and open and wonderful, but beware. So yeah, they don't use that. They, they sell with old school relationships in person. So I, I also, I want to ask you about this because I, my experience is with um, LinkedIn and I do LinkedIn mm-hmm. training, as you know, and I know that um, I heard you say on, on may have been another podcast that um, uh, people are not using LinkedIn to increase intimacy, but to coerce customers. And I, mm-hmm. and and, and when they use that third-party tool, let's say, to help them get more messages out to more people and connect to more people, um, it's quite often it's about selling them something and pitching sure. them as well. And 
Um, and so I talk to people all the time about, you know, it's about trying to build a relationship, not sell, sell, sell. And so how can you do that when you're using a third party tool or a, an online tool to make those connections and message for you? What's your answer to that? What do you say to that? Well, it's not the tool uh, any more than it's paper or a telephone. I mean, you use tools all the time to communicate with people. I mean, you, you don't always aren't always face to face. So you do send people notes and letters and sure. emails and telephone. So it's not the tool itself. It's how you use the tool and who's teaching you how to use the tool. When someone comes to you, you don't say, send as many messages as you can to as many people as you can. And just 1% of those people, you don't do that sort of thing. So you can do that with paper. I mean, one of the anecdotes in my book is the original spam. Um, the first spam in the history of the world was the, McDonald, uh, the Montgomery Ward catalog, right? In the late 1800s, people started getting catalogs in their mailbox they didn't ask for, which was marketing, in the hopes that some small percentage of people would buy stuff. That was the original spam, unsolicited marketing messages. Now we get them. So if you're going to do spam, you can do it with any tool. I mean, you can do spam with telephone, you know, robocalls. So it's not the tool. It's how you use it. And it's not letting the people who sell the tool, who make money from the more you use the tool, make money from you, more money from you if you use the tool more, tell you how to use the tool. It's usually about using it better, not more. Right. And you said something else that I absolutely love because I teach this as well is, you know, most people look at the top of somebody's LinkedIn profile and they never dig deeper and look. And when I teach people how to create their profile, I'm always saying, add here, add there, do this, add those little things that make you human, that make you unique, that show who you are. And then the people who are really paying attention will find those things and will use them in conversation with you. That's when you know they're trying to build a relationship. Yeah. And one of the things I would add to that, I always get pushback from people. Well, I don't have time to scroll right. down and everyone's LinkedIn proud, blah, blah, blah. And you know what the answer to that is? That means you're going after people that are too small. You need to go after bigger customers. Mm. If, you're, if you don't have the time to invest in a relationship, then you're trying to sell something cheap and fast and quick. And that is not a relationship. That's a transaction. Right. And most likely your best sales, your biggest sales ever were from human interaction relationships. So go after bigger customers that you can invest the time in. And every company can do that. Everybody starts to say, well, we don't, I don't care if you're a, a hot dog vendor on the sidewalk, you can go after bigger customers, get a, a, a catering gig, right? Get so what, right? Corporate events, get it sold to a corporate event and show up at a corporate party. Everybody can go after bigger customers where there's the room and the, and the resources to invest in that relationship and then use the tools to do that. So to me, that sounds like you have to be creative, number one, and also, though, you have to have the confidence to do that. Yes. Well, right? I, and I, I think it's not even just that. It's also sticking to your values. I think there's yes. a fear. I'm afraid that if I don't hit more people today than my competitor, I'm going to fall behind. There's a sort of fear of fear of uh, missing out, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is perpetuated by the people who sell uh, digital marketing tools, massive marketing tools. And you've got to find out what's true inside you and go with that. And that's, that's a message I, I share a lot with CEOs because what I find is that business owners, let's say they're a little older and grayer like I am, mm -hmm. they're told that they're out of touch, right? Because they didn't just graduate from a market, from an online marketing class at the community college last month. And so they don't know the latest and greatest digital tool. 
And so you're, 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 you don't get it. Step out of the way. Let me show you how it's done. It's like, no, you know the root values of this company and what the customer needs. And don't let people push you aside. Step back in and say, look, this is what we do. This is how we treat people. And if we're going to use digital tools, it's still got to fit within that. We cannot sacrifice that for some, you know, mirage we're going to chase with some perfect keyword. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, so it's it's also then about that famous word that I love is wisdom. It's about those yes. of us with some wisdom yes. need to stand in our stand our ground and and know and believe that what we're saying still holds true. And I think it does. And 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 it's funny because um, I was talking to a woman yesterday about. Um, the other side of my business, the relationship marketing tool that I use that we've talked about. Um, and she said, you know, I send cards to my grandchildren, my um, like young adult grandchildren and my teenage grandchildren, but they never say thank you. She said, I don't think they've been taught to say thank you. Right. And I said, first of all, they should be sending you cards and picking up the phone and talking to you. But secondly, you're probably right. I mean, in some cases, you know, that ADD mentality that that, you know, we're so busy that we just have to keep moving and we forget to teach our children some of these things today, you know, because we're yeah. trying to do so many things and keep our head above water, generally speaking. But that just made me think. Uh, that's kind of fit with what you were saying in terms of, you know, stick to your, stick your ground and, and, um, and know that it really, it, people have to trust their gut more. I think, I don't know. I've been looking for somebody to help me with a website. And I just knew when I talked to this woman that she was the right person for me. I don't know. It was the relationship building, the yeah. feeling that I was getting. I wasn't getting snowed by, I can right. do this, this, and this, right? So yep. I don't know. Um, so you've worked with some big companies um, yeah. in your time. You've worked with brands like Sony and Disney and Nestle. Do you have a, an interesting story from one of those that you can re recall that, that speaks to this because uh, to the power of relationships in, in, in marketing? Well, I, I'll tell you, so um, one of the things I think it's a little confusing in the world these days is what is marketing and what is sales? I think yes. that a lot of people believe marketing is sales and yes. they're not the same thing. Um, but I can tell you an interesting little sales anecdote that relates to the relationship idea um, about how I got to work for someone. Okay. Um, we, we had a client that was, uh, I, I owned a market research company for about 25 years and um, we had done work for various clients and uh, a VP at one of those clients was uh, let go, was out of work. And so, you know, if you've ever been out of work, no one wants to talk to you because they don't want you to try to you know, pitch them for a job. But I had been out of work myself when I was in my 20s. I worked for a company that got bought by another company and they had their own people. So we were all getting checks in one meeting, like, see, you, you're out of here. So I'd been out of work before and I'm like, so I reached out to Bruce. I'm like, hey, what's going on? You got some free time. But if you want to connect, let's talk and just catch up. We had not had a lot of time to talk when he was a client of ours. And so we actually kind of struck up a little more of a relationship than we'd had before. And I, I didn't just call him because he was out of work and I'd been there myself. Didn't think anything about it. And then he got a job at Sony and he called me and said, hey, I'm going to start at Sony next week. I want to talk to you about something. Well, OK. And sure enough, he had an idea that he came to me and said, can we do that, 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 that? And I said, yeah, we could absolutely do that. It turned into the biggest client we ever had. Um, and it was because I called an unemployed guy. Right. So I'm sure when your marketing agency comes in, they don't say, you know, call everybody who's unemployed 
Right. <laughs> but I didn't. Right. I called him because it was a relationship. But that yeah. was the kind of thing that paid off down the road. So that was the beginning of let's see some new ways to do things. And um, if you really sort of look at what drives your business, what kind of relationships drive your business. And so we actually turned that, just to finish that anecdote, we turned that into a process in our company. We started watching the trade press for people that work at companies, that we, people we knew who were out of work, and we reached out to them. We built a whole package to help them when they were out of work, make some introductions. In those days, this was in, in the 90s, early 2000s, help them build a little personal web page, like you're talking about with LinkedIn. Yeah. We just help them at that moment when they needed help without any expectation. We don't know if they're going to use our services later, but good relationship stuff, right? So you don't know where you're going to find the right kinds of relationships to help people with, but you got to go. That's a great story because if you come from your heart, yeah, yeah, it just, it pays off. It's that law of reciprocity too, because you never know what's going to come back. It could come from somewhere else. Right. Well, let me, let me tell you when Bruce got the job at Sony, his phone rang off the hook. Then everybody wants to call him, right? Well, yeah. too late, right? Yes, he knows better. Exactly. So yeah, that's that's what all that. Yeah. There's the moral to the story, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's really good. Um, so, I had asked uh, in in the information I sent you um, what your favorite quote was, and you mentioned one from Steve Jobs. It's yeah. not the tools you have faith in. Tools are just tools. They work or they don't work. It's people you have faith in or not. And that really speaks to what we just said. And um, okay. yeah, I, I, and he never struck me as a people person, Steve. Well, that's why I love it that he yeah. had that quote, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. He knew that. <laughs> yes, of course he did. Um, and um, when you, okay, so your business now, your um, Civilis consulting business, yeah. you and your wife um, uh, run together. Um, I know she's the boss though, right? She is. Yeah. I'm the idea guy. She yeah. makes everything. <laughs> um, so is it now, I know it's been going for many years now. Yeah. Uh, is Does business come to you or are you still seeking business? And if it comes to you or when it comes to you, do you ever have to turn people away because they're not thinking the way you want them to think or? Yeah, definitely comes to us. And we definitely have to turn a lot of people away because we have a very specific mindset and we're not going to work for somebody that doesn't have that mindset. Um, I'll give you an example right now. Recruiting is really big. I mean, uh, everybody needs talent. Everybody needs staff. We can find enough. And um, except our clients, <laughs> because we help them, we help them develop a relationship-based recruiting strategy versus a transaction-based recruiting strategy. So somebody who is spending thousands of dollars a month on Indeed and getting so many clicks and applications, they can't keep up with all of it, but still aren't filling their positions. That's the kind of person we're working with right now. They're coming to us because we've solved it for some other clients. Like, oh, call the Civilis guys. They've got a solution to get out of that, that trap. But there, some of those companies can't let go of it. You know, I can't let go of this budget I spend on Indeed because then I won't have any clicks. Like, why do you want clicks? Yeah, You, you want don't people. want clicks. You want yeah. people working here who love working here. And that's a completely different approach, completely different. And some people are afraid to let go of that. The, the, the tools, the online tools are so addictive. I know. Um, and, and nobody realizes how addictive they are, but they, you're involved, you're participating. They're almost like a casino. <laughs> you got the dashboard and you're seeing that, that yeah do they, do they think they're getting more for their money yes yeah they've been they they 
forget what they're trying to actually get, which is yeah. people to work there and stay there. They think they're now trying to get clicks and views and opens and likes and all that sort of stuff. It's like, wait a minute, that doesn't lead to anything. You don't want clicks. Um, so we have some people that just can't let go of that. They're too afraid to go in the direction of relationships, basically. And uh, it's like, well, we can't work. Well, so people who have spent the money on something like Indeed and so on mm -hmm. to do that, and then they come to you, do you take what they have and work from that and start to sift through? Or do you go another approach completely? Uh, we would say take the resources you're putting yeah. into, in, into Indeed and go somewhere else, but we wouldn't try to tweak their Indeed campaign necessarily. No, 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 no. But yeah, right. if they've yeah. got all these people or all these... I don't even know how it works. Do they get resumes? Is that how they? Yeah, they get, you know, they get applicants. Uh, it's. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Long. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's you don't have to tell me. I just thought I, all I can see is piles of resumes online that they have to yeah. sit through. Rather that don't fit anybody. Don't fit anything. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. The applicant just hits up the apply, 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 apply. You can't filter anyone. Right. And then you're just dealing with all these. Um, yeah. So we would stop and say, okay, whoa, 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 stop. We're did your best people come from who yeah. do you love that works here who do you who would you want to get and then let's build a and so you end up building something that's completely different and rather than some online strategy you might end up we have a moving company we work with we help them connect into this local soccer community because it turns out that soccer players are ideal yes or to work in a moving company yes. because they're you don't need big and strong to they move have strong legs. You, got, you they need have strong you legs. have stamina, right? Yes, yes. And flexibility, and because you've got <laughs> you know tools to help you lift heavy things. Yeah. And so soccer, the soccer community was the place to find people that love the job and you could feedback and it become this. And suddenly now we're this is something more meaningful than just moving furniture, right? Yeah, that's There's interesting. A story here. There's a, people yeah. work here for a reason, it's connected to what else that the other things I love. And so you know, it's a longer process and what I just explained, but that's the direction you start going in is what is there something the art school or the community college or what's the community? Where do your people live? How do you get to know them? And suddenly there's no ads need to be run at all because everybody on the soccer team is saying, hey, you gotta, I love this job. You got to come work here and you have yeah. more applicants than you can handle. So that's, that's actually, that's a great example, actually. I quite like yeah. that. That's very yeah. cool. And you never know exactly where it's going to be for each company, but for every company, you can find a way to connect into some deeper thing with people and get people to work there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I like that you, you used the word, and I'm just going back to something, the volume versus intimacy. I love that because that's really what it is. It's about building that relationship. Now, I just want to take a side to tour for a second i know we weren't going to talk about anything other than this piece but i am a curious person which i'm going to talk to you about in a minute but my curiosity is about the music part of your life sure talk yeah. to me about that like are you a musician by the way no i'm not a musician okay okay um a writer so uh, yes. So I do songwriting. Um, so that's a long life. Whoops, that's a lifelong uh, process. Um, I was in the radio business years and years ago. When okay. I was younger, and then I, in the market research company I started um, was focused primarily on <laughs> entertainment media. So we worked for a lot of entertainment media clients, as well as consumer clients It grew into that. But we worked for a lot of record companies and radio stations okay. and television stations and so on. And so that's how I got connected into the music world. And then I, well, I have some, yeah, I've got a creative bone in my body so I should start creating stuff so now we're I'm involved in creating music and, and publishing some music and trying to make that a new little creative outlet 
And is that um, one genre or different genres? Um, it's different. So um, quick little music industry story. Um, if you're going to write music and not be a performer, really country is probably about the only type of music where you can do that, um, where you can write songs that other artists will perform. Most other types of music, I guess certainly if you were going to write plays or uh, something like that or, or, or classical type music, other artists would perform and you wouldn't necessarily be the performer. But if you're going to be a pop star, or if you're going to uh, you know, get into the world of rap or rock. You're, you're going to write your own material and perform your own material. But a country is a format where people, artists perform other people's songs and are looking for other songs. So that's the place where you can write music and have other people interested in performing. And those, and actually with that, um, with that genre, with country music, they're storytelling all the time, right? More oh, so yes. than any other uh, genre. So that's kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I said curiosity, that's my favorite word. So yeah. um, I'd like to ask you my two-part question, which I love to ask my, my guests. And the first part is, um, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? And the second part is, what are you most curious about these days? Wow, innate or learned? Um... I think it's both. I think that- uh, You sent me a note. Do you want me to read this note that you sent me and you can talk from that? I'm well, reminded- well, Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I just thought you, were, you weren't you were sure. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just thinking about that before we get into, uh, sure. I just think that it's both. I think that we, as a species, we come with a certain amount of curiosity, but then I think we're sort of, our brain is trained and formed in childhood and in young adulthood about whether curiosity is rewarded. So oh. I think it's encouraged or not when you're growing up, uh, mine was encouraged to challenge the status quo, right? So I do that as an adult. I mean, I, I, my parents, you know, challenge authority, go back and tell them, you know, and so that's what I do. So part, I think it, you come with a, like an ability for curiosity, but then I think it's formed in your childhood about whether you express it and, and go toward it. Ooh, that's a good answer. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> So that makes me want to ask you, though, what did your parents do that that encouraged that contrarity, con, contrarianism? Yeah, contra yeah, contrarian. <laughs> well, I, it, it, they, my parents are both contrarians. They are just um, and they taught me in both positive and negative reinforcement ways. Right. To yeah. challenge, basically challenge authority. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. You're going to, no one's going to do that. And, and they, even when they told me what to do, my job was to stand up to them and say, no, you're not, you know, and I think they liked that. They liked that. Yes. I, you know, they felt like they were making a strong man who would be able to survive in the world and no one would tell. Uh, so that was sort of in our household, challenge okay. the rules. Yeah. yeah. And, and right. I, I had some of those parents, you know, when I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble. You do the crime, do the time, but yeah. I also got the wink. It's like, oh, <laughs> that was a good one. Don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was our house. The inside outside thing. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay. And, um, and so what are you most curious about today? I'm most curious about um, what's in my blind spot. All right. So I don't know if you're familiar with um, uh, Johari window. Um, it, people can, can Google that if they want. J-O-H-A-R-I window. It's a, it's a little graphic that was designed by two guys named Joe and Harry. It's a very, very creative name. But it basically divides the world up into what you, what you can see, what you can't see, and then what you, other people can see and what other people can't see. It's a four little two by two box. 
Okay. But I've really, as I've gotten older, um, come to realize how much of the world and reality is in that blind area that I can't see. Because I see what I see, I believe what I believe, you know, like rules must be challenged. Well, that's not true. It just is what I do, right? So what if rules aren't challenged? So this idea of questioning what's really going on and looking for other possibilities is what's always fascinating to me. Um, and I think that's where so much opportunity lies, is to go into areas, and, and I mentioned this when we were emailing back and forth earlier about in the areas of adversity. So as I mentioned the Brian Kite thing where he talks about, Brian Kite's a consultant friend of mine, who talks about how humans are not, we're not capable of recognize the difference in adversity and opportunity. Frequently, what we think is one thing is the other. You know, well, this looks great and then it crashes or this looks terrible when it turns out to be great. Um, so what he advocates is that in order to succeed, you have to go toward adversity because you just have to believe that's opportunity because you're bad at recognizing it. So just always go toward <laughs> adversity. And I just love that, right? Yeah, of course you so do. So that's kind of what I'm doing is going, well, okay, I don't like this. This feels weird. I need to go toward it, see what's going on there. So that's that's what a curiosity means for me. Ooh, that's really interesting. I must uh, check back with you and see how that has worked <laughs> out because that takes courage too, right? Yes, well, it does. It takes practice and courage because um, in the beginning, it's scary. You're going toward things that are scary. Mm -hmm. and uh, But then it's like practicing anything else, practicing juggling or practicing piano. If you do it enough, you go, oh, I know this. I can do this one. I'm good at it. So you get good at going toward adversity. And because you keep realizing, wow, every time I do that, I find some interesting stuff. So it's, it's mm. something you can practice. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, when I think about um, things I've done, though, that I've been very afraid of, mm -hmm. like climbing to the top of a, a pole yeah. and, you know, jumping off into oblivion. I mean, yeah. I thought the second time I got the opportunity to do it, I wouldn't be as scared, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it, but I was yeah. just as scared. And I went through the same emotions I went yeah. through the first time. Like, I can't do this kind of thing, but I did it. Anyway, another story for another day. But um, so lots of interesting things on the horizon for you, I know. Um, because you operate in many different um, yeah. fields, what would you say is the most important message that you might want to leave with my listeners today um, around what we've really been talking about relationships? and? Yeah, yeah. I would say that um, you've got to trust your gut. It's there mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, and the world right now, and, and not just now, but the world increasingly will continue to try to take you away from your gut. Um, and that whether we're talking about clicks and technology tools that are trying to convince you to, you know, to manipulate people online or whatever, or whether it's, you know, who knows what it is. And I think that you've got to go back to that, really know what that is. And for example, relationships, do you have a good, clear definition of what a relationship is? I think a lot of people use the word, but they don't really, well, I don't know. What is, do I have a clear, do I know if I have one with someone, right? And we do, in Civilis, we actually do that with people. I mean, when, for example, you can measure whether you have a relationship with someone. When you send them a note of any type, any kind, email, telephone message, whatever, A, do you get one back? That's the first indication you have a relationship. And B, if you have a really good relationship, they put as much or more energy into the response than you did, right? My best friend, when I send him a note, I get a paragraph back. You get what? Sorry. 
I get a paragraph back oh. when I send him one sentence, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you can say, oh, I have a relationship with him where he feels good about spending time with me and investing in me. It's not, I'm trying. So you can actually start to realize and, and measure whether you have relationships, you can define it. And then you're going to find that that is something that comes from your heart, and from your gut, and you know if it's right or not, and you got to stick to that. There's no reason, and this is a lot of what we spend time with on Civilis with clients, there's no reason you have to sacrifice your values to succeed. And in fact, our theory is that if you go toward your values, right, go toward that, what feels like adversity, scary, going toward my own values feels scary, but that's the case for a lot of people. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to lose right. my, you'll find you can be more successful. You're going to be more authentic. You're going to come up with new solutions. And that's what you need to do is go toward your gut and not listen to other people. Amen. I mean, that's <laughs> right. That's yeah. so true. And I think that's a great place to stop because I could go here, there and everywhere with you. I love that though. Um, you know, that it feels scary, but you have to stick to your guns because in the end you won't love yourself at all. If you don't, if you don't, right. It just wouldn't feel yeah. right. Well, and you know, I'll tell you anecdotally from, we talked about the music industry a little bit ago. Yeah. When you begin in something like the music industry or whatever business you're in, you think you're there to satisfy other people. And the more other people love you and more applause and sales you get, that's love. And what you find in the long run is that it's not right? You know, the most successful music, music art in the world, artists in the world end up sort of crashing out and going, well, that's just plastic and fake. And I want to get back to truth and real. And yeah. so it can be the same as a, as a business owner. You start off, well, this is where we need to go. Is we need to grow. We need to get revenue, blah, 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 blah. And, and you can get, your, you can take yourself away from what you are all about. Mm -hmm. And then you're just, you build something that isn't you, you hate, you don't want, you, know, you can't. So you've got to stick to your gut. You've got to stick to what's, what your true values are and, um, and then insert that into your company and it'll work. That's awesome. Thank you for all that great advice because oh, yeah. it is. And um, I'm sure that uh, uh, the people that listen to my show will appreciate hearing some of those things. And it's a lot of food for thought for some people. So, yeah, you know, yeah. very well taken. And um, Bill, uh I will put in the show notes, but where can people find your book or find you if they are sure. interested? Um, right. So um, the company is Civilis Consulting, C-I-V-I-L-I-S Consulting.com. And I'm yep. Bill at Civilis Consulting. Um, and the book is ClickSand, C-L-I-C-K-S-A-N-D. And that's available on Amazon if they want to read it. Um, it's an interesting historical read. And one of the things I do in the book is talk about how this ClickSand we're in now is not new. I talked about the Mark Montgomery Ward catalog. It's a hundred year process yeah. um, that we're involved with. So it's not something new. You're not out of touch. Everybody's <laughs> had to deal with this for a century. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your, um, your wisdom. And uh, thank you to my audience for listening again and appreciate you. If you like what you heard, please leave a, a review and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. 
Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.